Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Alika Hope and Change. I am your host, Alika Hope. And I am her elder brother, still walking in the smooth, crisp summertime, almost, known as June, because we just got past my sister's B-Day, and I, her brother, am celebrating, even though it's two days later, because my sister is now something other than 29. Oh, that was smooth. You did a good job. You know that um, on my birthday, our father called me and he said how old I was. And I said, hush. And he said, you got to be, you be proud. It's a <laughs> classic Samuel Bryant. You be proud. To, I said, I am proud, but hush. And then, yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> happy birthday, anyway. sis, for, ri- well, for real. You. Happy birthday. But, you know, there's there's so much to, um, you know, walking into June. You know, June, yes. traditionally, you get past Memorial Day. It's the beginning of summer, even though summer hasn't really started. But it sort of has because all the barbecues. But, you know, I always look back at Memorial Day as a member of the military to say thank you to the people who've passed on. And part of the reason why we we celebrate that day is because we want to make sure that we recognize the families who mm-hmm. lost their loved ones in uh, both in peacetime and in wartime. But also... Mm-hmm. We want to recognize that there's a nation who's always in its growth, always in its uh, track to improve because Mm -hmm. of those people. So this whole week with your birthday, with Memorial Day, with the starting of summer, it's a very impactful week. And it gives us a chance to really sort of um, look forward to the brighter days and the hotter days of summer, but also give us a chance to sort of see where things are and take our own temperature. Yes. Right. Yep. This is part of this this sort of groove into summer, you know, and with all the weirdness with the pandemic and everything that's happened in the last uh, year and some change. I really appreciate the fact that we are able to take some time and say maybe summer of 2021 will be a little more. I don't want to say normal, a little more open, open than I like that word. summer of 2020 was last year. A little more open to some hope and change, most definitely. And actually, speaking of open and things changing, uh, you know, sometimes I get these casting notices, uh, just random things. And uh, there's a casting agency in Los Angeles that sent me something right before we started taping. And I actually want to share it with you guys because, uh, you know, this is a national search. And maybe one of you is listening and like, I could do this. So here it is. You know, Lizzo, I know for a fact we have listeners that are fans of Lizzo because I know a lot of you like Lizzo. Well, she is casting for full-figure dancers and models right now for this new show she's doing in in tangent with Amazon. And um, the casting agency is called Kara Casting. You can also email uh, our show, and we can pass you on the information. But I think if you Google Kara Casting, C-A-R-A, they probably have somewhere on their site where you can submit. So if any of you out there are a full-figured – now, this is what I don't know, because I used to – dance a lot more and uh, like the dancers would be like tiny. So like as full figured, like an average size woman, I don't know. I'm guessing that full figured is whatever it is. If you think you're full figured and you own it, then I think you should submit to this because you could be in a show with Lizzo and that would be pretty cool. Um, In fact, the casting call itself says for full figured dancers and models who have for far too long been underrepresented and underappreciated. 
So here at Alika Hope and Change, we want to change that and get y'all appreciated and represented. That's See, sis, you're connected to a lot of information. And that connection allows you to see things that other people don't see. So right now, there's this opportunity to celebrate women who don't normally see themselves on the screen, who don't see themselves in entertainment in a way that honors who they are. And what your connection has done, it has allowed you to broadcast that there is a call or a need. That's what a call is. It's a need Mm -hmm. for people who don't fit the traditional mold of what entertainers ordinarily look like. This is what connection does. It opens our minds. It opens our perspective. It opens our horizon to opportunities and situations that ordinarily would not occur. Wow, that was a good transition. I love how you use the word connection because our Change Maker series guest today is talking about attachment and connection. And you just took us right there. I'll take you there. Uh, Emil took us there. Uh, uh-huh. He hey. took us there. Yeah. Emil knew a place. Ha, ha. <laughs> it was about attachment and connection. Emil Woo. took us there. Okay, let me stop. See, but what you yes. what we we're all about connection. We connect with our audience, right? We connect with our audience. I, I love my sister, seriously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we ahead. connect Keep with going. our audience. Yep. By the way, if you want to email us, don't forget to connect with us at alikahope at gmail.com. Yes. That connection is always live. Yes. We listen to you. We love your email and your comments. So alikahope at gmail.com is how you connect with us. That's right. But it's not just connection in the sense that, you know, we're here and there. We're talking about, like I just mentioned earlier, that my sister's birthday was two days ago. So there's this theme in business connection where you should reach out to people on their birthday, around their birthday. I get all these notifications. Keep going. Somebody's hand. Keep going. Hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. Say hello. But I want you to know a once yearly connection may not be sufficient. Somebody's hand. Well, Make this world. I was doing some underlying music for you. (laughs) I appreciate that. I got caught up. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. But, (laughs) But it, it's got to be a little bit more. And it's says, come on, more. come on. You you do great networking, great business uh, connections. Holla at me on that. Okay, I'm a Holly Jube. I'm going to be honest. I am not the best at staying in touch with people. I acknowledge it because there's people listening who they know I'm not that good at it. And part of it is because when I'm with you, I'm 100% with you. And when I'm not, I tend to be 100% with wherever, wherever I am. <laughs> and so... um. I, but people are always in my mind. Like I just sent my best friend a card because I thought of her like, yes, a card in the postal mail, like, you know, which people do that. I still do that. Not she wrote me snail this, mail. Yeah, I did. Snail mail because I knew she'd hold it and touch it. Right. And she texted me a response and it took me like a day to, to say something back because I'm just, you know, whatever. Anyway, so my point is this. I think that just because you get this notification on social media to say happy birthday, that's great. You should do that. But- I also believe in quality. So even if you don't reach out to somebody on a frequency basis, if when you reach out, it's substantial and it's quality and you're giving it, you know, your full attention, that also is valid. And that can create attachments between adults. 
But one of the beautiful things about our next guest is he's going to talk about how adults can create attachments with children, both their own children and if they're like uh, educators, um, the children that they work with. So networking, attachment, birthday, social media, Lizzo, all of it is relating to attachment, connections. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about that. All the hope in connection when we come back. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. Yes, we are back and we have a special guest for our Change Maker series. Emil, what do you have to say about that last segment? See, sis, one of the things that is so important about how we build our lives is that we find different ways to stay connected, not just get connected. And what we were talking about before, I think we need to just keep that motivation for connection and how important it is that we stay connected. We got to keep it warm. We got to keep it lively. Yes. It can't be just something that, you know, we, you know, oh, I remembered your birthday. And then 364 days later, I remember your birthday again. It's got to be something wow. more ongoing. It's got to be maintenance because connection is alive and you got to feed it with time, energy, and to be very cliche, love. You know, I got to tell you something before I even get into love. What you just said about 364 days. So two days ago, this Tuesday of this past week was my birthday. Um, so it was just two days ago. And yeah, I was yeah. getting all these texts all these texts all day that from people that I hadn't heard in maybe 360 days. So I was feeling what you just said. Um, but speaking of love and also attachment, we're very excited to have uh, another guest for our Changemaker series. And today we have Charlie Slaughter. And Charlie Slaughter is an early childhood prevention coordinator for the Connecticut Department of Children and Families. And his passion for children and families is what motivates him in life. Um, he also has been a program lead for the Triple P, which is the Positive Parenting Program and the Early Childhood Consultation Partnership. He works with, uh, as a consultant with, the Circle of Security International, and he's here to talk about Circle of Security. Um, he actually won an award from them uh, several years ago, and he's been really instrumental in spreading Circle of Security both in New England and nationally. And he also was the author of a book called Hungry for Love, Creating Mealtime Environments That Build Connection, Life Skills, and Eating Capabilities. And our own Jamie, our audio engineer, was a prominent model in that book. And that book has actually now been adopted by several uh, states and cities across the country. So it's a real honor to have Charlie here to talk about the hope in attachment and families. Thank you for being here today, Charlie. Hey, thank you, Alika. Thank you, Emil. Uh, it's great to be on your program. And, um, you know, your theme is about hope. And um, what, what I'm finding is Circle Security Parenting helps give hope to parents um, about relationships with kids. But we're also finding it also is giving help to teachers and child care uh, providers also. Fantastic. Um, well, what, what is, can you tell us a little bit about what Circle of Security is? Okay. It's, um, 
It's an intervention that was created in um, 2010 to help, initially to help parents create better relationships with their kids. And what it does, it gives a variety of relationship tools um, that help parents create a more connected relationship and a more safe and secure uh, relationship. So one of the tools is this thing called the circle. And if you imagine sort of an oblong circle, at the top of the circle, kids going out to explore their world. And then if a kid's having distress, we say they're at the bottom of the circle and they need to be welcomed in. So what that does for parents, it gives them a way to look at their kid's behavior and go, okay, is my kid at the top of the circle exploring their world or is my kid having distress and needs to be welcomed in? And then parents learn that actually the kid's behavior, and it's behavior that may be driving them crazy, <laughs> the, the, the behavior is actually communicating a need. So if a kid's exploring, then maybe I need you to help me some. Maybe I just need you to be there with me and enjoy with me. Maybe I just need you to delight in me. And what we find when kids get those um, needs understood and they get met, actually the kid's behavior improves. Now, the other thing is when they're having distress, they need to be welcomed in. And then maybe they need uh, protection because uh, something has scared them. Maybe they need comfort. Uh, maybe they need delight again. Or maybe they need help organizing their, their feelings. But one of my favorite stories was a mom who learned about this. And when she came back to a circle security parenting group the second week, she shared that during the week, her son had been upset or crying. So she realized he was at the bottom of the circle and she needed to welcome him in. So she did. And he came in and she just held him. And he was upset or crying still for about 10 minutes. All of a sudden, he stops. He looks at his mom. He smiles at her. And then he takes off because he wants to go back out on the top of the circle to explore his, his world. Mm. And so what, what happened is she learned to sort of, she sort of got new eyes. She could look at his behavior and not react. Instead of reacting, she's starting to reflect like, okay, what's he trying to tell me he needs with his behavior? And what happens when kids uh, get those needs understood? You know, we just see the behavior changing. But the other thing, it's building a deeper emotional connection mm. uh, between the parent and the child. Or we see it happening between teachers and kids or child care uh, providers and, and, and kids. And so what we talk about is parents get this gift of coherence. All of a sudden, their kids' behavior is starting to make sense to them. Ha, ha, ha. And they feel like, oh, I've got, I think I understand what he needs. And when they provide it, they just feel more effective as, as a parent. So that's makes one of the sense. tools that, that they're getting. So it's giving them it's giving them hope and change. You like how I slid that in there, Emil? Um, <laughs> thank you very much. Nicely done. Nicely yes, thank done, you, sis. thank you, thank you. Um, both the both the parents and or the adults basically and the child. Um, it seems like the circle reinforces. Like if the parent realizes, oh, what I'm doing is working, then the parent wants to 
engage the child more, and then the child begins to trust the parent more. Right. And the circle right. is almost strengthened, well, right? Yes. And one, one of the things we know is, is sometimes if a kid's having distress, they're at the bottom of the circle. It, um, rather than the parent welcoming the kid in, the parent may yell at the kid, may ignore the kid, send them to their room, hit the kid, uh, all sorts of things, but they're not welcoming them in. So this gives them uh, a new, some new behaviors to, to, to try out. And, and we just um, keep hearing over and over from parents that it's just really changing how they see their kid and what they do for their kid. And it's just changing the, the quality of the relationship that, that they're having. But that's not all of it. <laughs> One of the other tools they learn is about being with kids. So especially if, um, if kids are upset or crying, being with means you just be with them in those feelings. You don't try to make the feeling go away. You don't try to fix the feeling. You're just being there with the kid while they have the feeling. And turns out that helps kids feel more safe and secure. And so they really like it when somebody is just being with them and not trying to fix it for them. There's a there's a part of this that um, I, I'm resonating with, Charlie, and thank oh. you for sharing these details of the circle of security and how it sort of how it manifests in a in a behavior in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds to me like a, for a lot, especially men uh, you know who are socialized <laughs> in older generations, that concept of letting a, a child experience their humanity, their emotional sort of fullness it's an it's something new that has to be learned and adopted because for most of us we were socialized completely opposite emotions are not welcome especially crying especially the negative emotions and therefore have to be fixed or they have to be cut off or they have to be regulated immediately instead of just experienced speaking of cutting off i don't want you to cry emil but we have to take a break and we'll be right back to talk more about men in the circle of security we'll be right back Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. We're back with Charlie Slaughter talking about circle of security and Emil talking about deep stuff about men. Continue this conversation. So before the break, I was talking about how men are socialized, uh, especially men of an older generation. You know, I was born in 1970 and and I was taught uh, and I was a sensitive kid, but I was taught I had to regulate my emotions. I was taught I had to control them. And oftentimes I had to just shut them down. So, Charlie, can you kind of walk us through how the circle of security helps men make that leap from that old sort of training to something that is very helpful, but also very foreign in terms of that socialization? Yes, it's, um, I, I totally agree with you, Emil. One of the things Circle Security talks about is um, being bigger, stronger, wiser, and kind. What we're finding, because, um, you know, it, when you can welcome a kid in, you're being kind to them when they're having those feelings. And that's what they need. But also there's that pressure to be bigger and stronger. And so what Circle Security Parenting does, it helps fathers be able to be kind while still being bigger and stronger. 
And so we, uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from fathers that um, this just gives them a different way to have a relationship with their kids than, than, they, than they used to have. And, um, and they've, <clears throat> they've been surprised um, that as they welcome their kid in when they're having distress and just be with them in their feelings, that the kid's behavior actually uh, gets better. But the fathers are having a sense of a deeper uh, attachment with them, a sense of deeper connection with them. And they really like that feeling that, that, that comes with that. Now, there's another tool that Circle Security Parenting provides, and it's called Shark Music. Now, Shark Music is when a kid is doing something natural or safe, but it kicks off something in, in the parent. And, for example, um, on the Circle Security Parenting video, there's a mom talking about her three-year-old daughter. And when her three-year-old daughter would go out to explore her world, her mother interpreted her behavior as rejecting her. So that was her shark music. Now, her daughter was actually doing something quite safe and developmentally appropriate, which is go off and explore her world. So what happened is the mom got um, a name for her reaction to her daughter's uh, exploring, and it's called shark music. And she all of a sudden she learns that every parent has shark music. Now, for her, it was about her daughter exploring. For some parents, if their kid's crying or throwing a temper, temper tantrum, that can create shark music. And what happens, for this mom, it was connected to her own experience when she was a young child. Because mm -hmm. when she would go off to explore, it made her mother uncomfortable. Mm. And so um, shark music is when our kids do something that's, that's normal and natural, but it kicks off some old stuff from our own childhood. So when you say shark music, are you talking about like the theme music from Jaws? Yeah. Okay. All right. Dun, dun, Maybe Jamie can find it. Oh wait, no, Kelly's already singing it. Dun 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 Okay. I immediately I immediately heard that in my head and I immediately went back to when I was when my children were were young and I thought, man, there were times when I'm watching them and I can see myself, my temperature rising. Or the yeah. shark music getting louder and louder, right. but they're really right. not doing something that forces my hand. <laughs> right. So right. it's like, wait a second, you're doing something that's okay by the numbers, but why is my temperature going up? And I had to really check myself. And I wish I had this model then where I could say, oh, I see that I'm being triggered by something I experienced that has nothing to do with my, right. what my child is doing. Right. And so what happens when you get a group of parents in a circle security parenting group, all of a sudden everybody's sharing about their shark music. And then they all start to realize, oh, all of us have shark music. And then they just learn that every parent is going to have shark music. Um, you know, it might be at the top of the circle when their kid's exploring or at the bottom of the circle when they're having distress. But, um, but you know, and the trick is to recognize, oh, this is my shark music. It's not my kid. It's not their behavior. This is my stuff. 
And and what it does, it opens the door for parents to start to also explore what happened in their own childhoods um, around, you know, when they were exploring or they were having distress. And, you know, frankly, I think a lot more parents struggle about their kids having distress than they do about their child exploring. But some parents do have shark music around exploring. And, you know, the, the, the important thing is, yeah. is, is to notice it and then own it and, and not blame the kid for it. And, you know, when you can do that, you can then be with your kid when they're having distress or when they're exploring when before it was hard to do that. Totally. Uh, it, the, all of this really tracks with my personal experience, and I've talked to so many parents <laughs> who needed a model to let their children grow. Yes. And yes. let their children sort of scrape the knee and climb the tree. Right. But, but their training, their home life, their childhoods were not full of that kind of, especially the visceral, especially the dirty or the, you know, there, those those parents' childhoods weren't full of that kind of exploration. So there's right. this context that I can see a lot of parents wincing because they're yeah. saying, wait a second, <laughs> I was taught not to get dirty or I was taught not to do things that might result in a right. broken bone right. or a right. bruise. Yeah. And yet the child doesn't have a reason not to do that exploration other than the parent's own training or their own... Well, well, past experience. Well, and the other thing we know when we can support kids to explore their world, that builds curiosity. And curiosity is a good thing to have as a, as a kid, as a student, but also as an adult. And I just think, you know, today's jobs require, I think, more and more curiosity. I think if you're curious, it makes today's jobs easier to do. Um, but the other thing is, you know, inevitably when you're exploring, you're going to hit distress. So if you also have somebody that will notice your distress, welcome you in and help you deal with your distress so it goes away, all of a sudden the kid's getting an experience of being supported while they explore, supported while they have distress till the distress is gone. I think that's helping kids have a joy of learning. Because you're supporting their learning, but also when the distress happens, you take, help them take care of it so it goes away. And I just, again, in today's world, you want kids that have that joy of learning. And so this is, I think, another way to help them do that. But we're also looking um, at Circle Security Parenting is also helping to build kids' capacity to self-regulate. So self-regulation means you can stop yourself from doing something. Um, and so, but what we're learning is when the parent gives co-regulation, that's building self-regulation in kids. So meeting kids on the top and the bottom of the circle is providing co-regulation for them. And I hate to regulate our time, but it's almost <laughs> up. Um, and this has been fascinating. I think we're going to have to have Charlie come back please, in the future. Please, email, please, Yeah, because this is like, no, yes. There's more. There's a lot more. This is, um, but it's called um, Circle of Security International. 
and it's Circle of Security Parenting, and people can get like free resources, right? They don't, yeah. they can learn a lot. Um, and Circle of Security, yeah. Well, there's a uh, section at their website at Circle Security International. It says at the top of the screen for parents. Okay. And there's a lot of animation videos and other videos they can watch. And it also has, they also have a lot of things in Spanish, which is awesome because they have a lot of people they work with that um, are either bilingual or Spanish uh, speaking only. So if you know of families that predominantly speak and, and read in Spanish, um, that would be a good way to get some resources also. I really want to thank Charlie Slaughter for coming today and joining us and enlightening both myself and Emil. It's um, good to have you, Charlie. Me. Thank you so hey. much. It's been great. And... Uh, I want to also tell everybody out there that Charlie has been my stepfather for 32 years. So in that honor, I have been blessed to basically have a dad and a stepdad most of my life because I'm only 33. Anyway, just kidding. So um, I'm going to tell sure. a joke that I've known since I was young between my, I think my, I think our father taught it, but my stepfather laughs. So here it is. You ready? <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the playground? To get to the other slide. Yes. Ooh. That ends Ooh. another episode of Alika Hope and Change. Alika Hope. Bye-bye. I, I am her brother who is not impressed by that terrible joke, Change, also known as email. Bye-bye now. <laughs>